everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. We got such a fun episode. It's ladies night tonight at the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. Guest number one, Mackenzie DeVito. Mackenzie, where are you from? Sid, I am from originally. Originally Michigan. Uh, I'm I, at one restaurant. Oh, what restaurant? Okay, yeah. I was like, are we going into we're, all we're that not, already? No one gives a shit about that. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think so. I was like, boring. Uh, I'm with No Bones Beach Club. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Diane. <laughs> Diane, you're 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 a legend in the street food world. What uh can you introduce yourself? I'm Diane Squires and I own Street Treats. Which is uh ice cream and full service dessert company. And you have trucks and uh, a cart. and a cart. Uh, couple carts. Couple carts. And um, Kara. Kara, one of my best friends in the world. Kara, <laughs> introduce yourself. I'm Kara. I am currently the owner of Crescendo Catering. We do the backstage catering at the Gorge Amphitheater. Cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so three three really different points of views. Um, a couple of food truck people. Um, let's let's get right into it. Uh, Mackenzie, you do a ton of traveling, and you like. I know you like to splurge. Um, <laughs> what Have you eaten anywhere really fun lately? Um, gosh, I feel like I've stopped into a lot of really awesome new places on Capitol Hill. I'm, my apartment's on First Hill, so it's the first time I've lived outside of Ballard in uh, my Seattle years. So I've been kind of having fun exploring that area. Um, go-tos though, I mean, every time I'm in Seattle, I got to go to Greenleaf Vietnamese on 85th and Greenwood. It is one of my favorite restaurants and they have terrific vegan options for me and the salads are amazing. So I try to stop there at least once I, I, a I week think, when I'm here. I think this is a good time to jump in. If you're not familiar with Mackenzie, she does old vegan stuff. Um, and she was actually one of the chefs for the 36 courses dinner. And she took on the mm -hmm. insane task <laughs> of, we had 18 total dishes for every guest. And she took on the insane task of making 18 uh, companion dishes <laughs> that were vegan and gluten-free. Which when she said she wanted to do it, I said, you're stupid and and i was like this is gonna fall apart and you did an incredible job well but you you actually got me high and then was like <laughs> i have this idea for you and i was like okay yeah, yeah that's definitely that's a, how i got looped idea. into it let's be realistic <laughs> Idea. Nobody <laughs> in their right mind would have agreed to do that. That's true. But yeah, so you're all vegan, 100%. You've been doing it for a, sh uh, a while. And, um, <laughs> a shitload of years. Uh, yeah, yeah, a shitload of years. <laughs> um, but cool. Uh, Diane, where, where have you been eating? Uh, let's see. Well, I actually um, went up to Squim a couple weeks ago, and we went out to dinner one night, and I had this amazing salad. It was just greens, and then it had strawberries and dried figs and almonds, and I was like, wait, we should do a cookie that has dried figs and strawberries and almonds in it. So sure. we took our chocolate chip cookie and took the chocolate chips out and added all those ingredients and then also did one with the chocolate chips and those ingredients. So oh, sounds incredible. TBD. But wow. you know, I've, we found a new cookie possibly from yeah. a salad. Inspiration—you <laughs> can find inspiration anywhere. That's pure PNW. Kara, um, uh, where where have you been at lately? I well, you know, I think dueling restaurants of uh, the Chinese restaurants. I love Uptown China as a go-to place all the time. Um, Where's that at? It's in Queen Anne. Yeah. It's in Uptown. Uh, she's been there. Yume has been there for like 25, 30 years, and tons of people have been in a restaurant, but it's. Just super old school Chinese food. But yesterday I went and picked up uh, after show food for Muse. Yeah. They went to, sent me to Harbor City and oh, nice. just a shit ton of food they got. And the guy was amazing. He just loaded it up. He gave me a bunch of dim sum for free for hooking oh, nice. him up with the. With the cook. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty dope. And so, so, yeah, I mean, let's. Let, for people that don't know, there's a whole other world out there that I just discovered. Um, well, I mean, I used to tour, so I knew about it, but um, but but uh, 
you do backstage catering and you work you deal with all the food and hospitality of pretty much anything in the backstage world which can um, range from the actual just feeding the crew feeding the bands uh getting them weird liquor at certain hours um dressing rooms all this kind of stuff and uh you know it it, it sounds very glamorous but it can be a little intense for sure it you know it glamorous is not so much you know it, it, i got into it for the music for sure but you know working at the gorge all year last year i might have saw well, you make 45 minutes of show. you make it glamorous <laughs> for the people that are working that's um, true you're doing trouble um do you have any funny stories from uh from i'll let you think about it for a second but think about if you have any i i already told the rob zombie story i gotta i got we worked together at black caviar and, and yes. um black caviar left washington and you've kind of picked up uh you know where they left off um and and we're gonna be i'm gonna be working beyond wonderland with you and yep. and i'll say this much about backstage catering like it's it's a little bit of a pay cut because for some reason the music industry hasn't caught up with the rest of the world about like and they still think like breakfast should cost seven dollars a person yep. and all this shit so i feel horrible for you i would never <laughs> do your job but i'm gonna do beyond wonderland with you and that's like my vacation for the summer so like because for me, since I don't have to do it every day, it's such a fucking fun job because I get to cook for bands. I got to be as creative as possible because it's not a restaurant. You don't have to repeat the same thing every day. Like, no one's expecting a certain dish to be a certain way. So, like, we just get out there, get as creative as we want, and, and just kind of – it's kind of like um, Chop where you just kind of – like, on the last couple of days, you just have to, like, look through the, the walk-in and go, okay, we got two onions got and, yep. and a, a pineapple. <laughs> Wait, we got a stash of garlic. You get three pieces. You get three pieces. You yeah. get three yeah. pieces. <laughs> and then Here just we go. figure it out. Um, <laughs> Mackenzie, when when we started uh, back in the day, at, I remember like we kind of met at the Maremore days. Uh, Diane, you're you're another Maremore uh, 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 attendee yes. or not attendee a uh, uh, vendor. Um, do you, I I kind of did a dick thing to you where um, once did I do it once? Yeah, um, where where our trucks were parked next to each other. <laughs> I think it was like you guys, Plum, which was another vegan truck, and then us. And um, I put out a sign that like just said "real meat" and with the arrow to my truck. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like so intimidated to be there. That was like the first show that we had scheduled, and you know it was my new baby food truck. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was terrified of it start like starting on fire. And here I am like the little vegan truck and here this guy is like I'm literally like my first weekend and he's like being such a dick to me. <laughs> but you made me strong, sir. You made me strong. Um <laughs> you know what I love about you is like I think vegans do have like kind of a rap like they always say like, "Oh, you know, how do you find the vegan in the room? They'll let you know." kind of thing. Um you, you have to. You have to you, remind people. Sure. You kind of <laughs> you run. You walk that line between like loving and hating the vegan scene. I feel like would you say that's true? And I want to. Yep. I want to. I want to read something to you and, and oh let God, you comment Sid. about it. So I I am putting on an event June second uh, at. Um, well, I can't say the venue yet, but uh, it it's based on the show. I think you should leave. And uh, Kara will be one of the chefs from there. I haven't announced that yet, but Ooh. Kara's gonna be a chef there. Um, but. So the main thing is these things called sloppy steaks, and uh, it's one of the main dishes. So I put this video out from the last dinner I did based on this thing of, of sloppy steaks, and I get this beautiful comment where, um, like, if you're into the show, you get it. <laughs> and the comment says, sloppy steaks were a funny joke, but casually continuing on about the real animal flesh is genuinely really gross and unethical. Um, God damn it, why are you ruining my good time, vegans? What? <laughs> I don't know. I've thought about this a lot, but, I mean... I think the thing is people comment like that because they want to have change. And like, that's how we've gotten to where we are in society today by people being loud about certain issues. So like as much as I would never make a comment yeah. like that, I respect the people who do. And you know, 
I think that there's more great vegans out there that see big picture right. and they they try to come to it with love instead yeah. of that kind of like, you know, scare tactics. Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, when I went vegan, I was definitely sharing all those videos and shit online. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I it, suddenly realized like, uh, this might be it's, counterintuitive. It's just a little cringy for someone just coming unethical. I don't know. It's it's um. I'm gonna eat two steaks because of her. <laughs> no, you're not. I, <laughs> no, you're um, fucking not. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking. You'll eat one of my mushroom steaks and you'll be just I, fine I, about it. Can you can you talk about your product? Yeah, let's talk about my product. Yeah, so, um, you used to be in the food truck world, then you owned a couple of restaurants, mm -hmm. um, and just you you have this underground following, like every because there's there's not a ton of old vegan restaurants in in the area, um, and so like and then you shut down during COVID, um, it, real quickly, like what just couldn't couldn't. Hack it or what, what? That sounded rude. Like, <laughs> I, you know, it's true. Like I couldn't hack people. it. I was, I was done trying to hack it, and but, uh, it hacked me. But, but, so what, yeah. What, what was the main <laughs> issue? Was it just holding on to employees, like not being able to adjust to takeout? Or what? You know, it was. You know, March fifteenth, twenty twenty happened. We didn't know what the world was going to look like. Yeah. You know, I took a very slow and very thoughtful approach about my decision to close. Sure. I never wanted to. I'm sorry, to... real quick. You have a restaurant in Seattle, Portland, and Chicago. Yeah, Seattle, uh, my location in Ballard was my first restaurant. And then I opened Portland a year after that. And then I opened Chicago a year after that. And I was always the general manager. So when I opened Portland, I moved and I was the manager. When I opened Chicago, I moved and I was the manager. So I was trying to build a company with, you know, I didn't have, I've never had bank capital or yeah. like investors, nothing. I've done everything on my own. So that was always very important to me. So we weighed all the options and um, I guess long story short, we just decided to create a product that was ethically sound that I could sell to other restaurateurs because there's such a, a need for plant-based and allergen-free foods right now. Yep. And I know that people don't have back of house staff to be able yeah. to prep that yep. because we were doing it at all three of my restaurants and the amount of time it took to bring in a box of cauliflower, unpack it, wash it, you know, dry it, cut it, batter it, yep. panko it, fry it. I mean, that takes a lot of a lot of resources in a back of house to be able to do that. It really, yeah, it's 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 a crazy new thing because um even for me like now that I'm getting busier I'm starting to purchase like you know pre chopped carrots and stuff mm -hmm. and, and just because like when you do the comparison and math mm -hmm. like I could pay someone to do it twenty five bucks an hour or I can just pay Charlie's Produce like ten bucks extra if you break it down per hour and yeah and um but I will say uh the the product you have is fantastic Thank um you. I gotta I gotta commend you on the hustle of having three restaurants, seeing this problem happen. A lot of people went different directions during COVID mm -hmm. and, and um I oh I did was went fucking crazy. But um but but yeah I, I it's I admire the hustle and and you have an amazing product. Like I do joke um a lot that I don't eat a ton of vegetables. Um <laughs> but you're you're I'm not bullshitting. Your your product is amazing and, and um and uh, I think it's cool that you're you are not only distributing it. You, are you in grocery stores in some places? Yeah. So we're actually, um, ironically, we were going to just do the retail line for marketing, but it ended up, up getting very popular. So we're in tons of grocery all over, like the PNW right now. Just got picked up by Merlino Distribution. Shit, so yeah. any of the customers who are using Merlino, we are in the catalog actively right now for the Naked Cauliflower Wing product, which I will just plug real quick, is gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free, completely vegan. Starts with a fresh cauliflower wing, so it tastes like it's made in your own kitchen. You can toss it in any of your house-made sauces you have on your menu and throw it on there, and it will save you a lot of staff, a lot of sourcing costs, a lot of compost, because I always have to talk about this in Seattle. Like, we were forced to pay to compost our food in the city of Seattle. And yet that is a huge cost that most restaurateurs yeah. don't even factor into their costs. 
and it was like our trash bill in Ballard for recycling, and it, it was crazy. Yeah. So I spent a couple of days in your kitchen a couple of weeks yeah. ago just timing some stuff out, and it took me two hours myself to break down two boxes of cauliflower, yeah. which would only yield the two cases about 20 pounds. Yeah. So literally my product is actually cheaper than raw cauliflower. Yeah, um, and yeah, like I, I agree. Like it's it's um, when you say like you know, you toss in your own sauce or whatever, it is it is a great starting point. Like I don't I don't I wouldn't feel guilty like as a chef like mm -hmm. picking up your product and like spin, you know putting my own spin on it. Um, it's and it would save a ton of time. Um, yeah, I mean I love that's part of like why I love what I'm doing right now is because I get to have so much face time with the chefs. Yeah. I mean like. Chefs are my people, you know, yeah, I spent yeah. so much time building a restaurant brand that I got out of my kitchen yeah. and now I'm really back in the kitchen and it's where I'm comfortable. It's always, always where I've been yeah. comfortable. So now yeah, I we, just work out of a much bigger kitchen. Uh, <laughs> watching you at 36 courses was amazing. You, it's <laughs> like you were having so much fun. It was a blast. Diane, how did, how was COVID for you? Oh boy. Uh, so we mostly do catering to yeah. corporations and we do weddings. So. And how big is your staff? Uh, right. Like pre-COVID? Uh, how was, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. Our staff is pretty small. Okay. We usually around five to six and then yeah. we bump up during the summer. Right. Um, and then COVID happened and literally no weddings in 2020. Yeah. Um, we dropped significantly, like 60%. Yeah. Um, and then also 40%, I believe, in 2021. So we bounced back last year. Um, and we tried to pivot. We went to neighborhoods. We, um, our wholesale business Oh, sorry. We also have a wholesale business okay, where we yeah. sell our bars and some cookies uh, to coffee shops, and then coffee shops closed, or yeah, yeah. they don't really make their money um, from pastries. So or, you're just getting hit every. So angle. we're just getting yeah. hit by every angle. So you know, just plugging along the best that we could do, and uh, obviously we got money from the government, which most people did, um, which I'm super grateful for, and uh, then we turned around and had a really great 2022, and just moving forward this year, we have a something exciting coming up we haven't announced it yet yep. um so when is this going live <laughs> uh, this, uh actually this will be in about a week okay so we um are going to be opening up a shop on mercer island oh shit <gasps> so, oh that's so um, funny so awesome so robert from buns yes um, oh shit yes it'll come yeah. full circle yeah yeah <laughs> so robert from buns had a food truck called buns it was burgers and he is really involved with mercer island because his son goes to school there he's done a lot of events he does a lot of events and does a lot of things for the food truck community so side note he's my insurance guy yeah same here same here <laughs> he went to insurance but now also is doing other things with events can't can't leave can't leave um <laughs> So he spotted, he's been looking for some spots and found the Baskin Robbins on Mercer Island, which vacated in August. So that is, uh, we're going to go inside. There's going to be a Bobo Tea inside and a couple of food trucks outside. Oh, cool. yeah. um, and then he's going to have a couple of rotating food trucks. So I think he's trying to get uh, a, some beer action in there, but we're not really sure how that's going to pan out. We need this. We need this so bad so, in different areas um, in Seattle. Yeah. So it's going to be there for 18 to 24 months because the building is eventually going to get torn down. Um, but the lot's pretty big. And yeah, so we're going to have a little ice cream shop and we're going to sell some of our bars and cookies there too. And there's going to be food trucks there. Um, food trucks. Yep. Fun. That is, that's so cool. And, and um, yeah. so yeah, Mercer Island, come out and support um, Can I give real quick a shout out to Diane? Because I always forget when I was early stages thinking about doing my pivoting, you were one of my first mentors when you were helping me with the frozen food people connecting me. Like, thank you. I like seriously <laughs> would not have been able to do all of this without your mentorship. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of forgot that you'll kind of know each other because yes. um, yeah. uh, yep. Mackenzie, you worked with um, Kara because of that event you put on the um, 
uh, gold. What is it called again? Uh, yes, I got actually hooked up with Kara because I needed help on these random delivery days. And she rolled up and she was helping me out when I couldn't be in Seattle. Oh, so oh, I met yeah. her through you. That's and then right, yeah. and then she joined our Let's Talk Women community. And she's a great, awesome addition to that. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I th- think that Kara has the coolest job ever. Like I have a <laughs> it, it so few cool, people yeah. that I'm jealous about their jobs. And Kara, you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I found a happy medium because like now I get a. Because, you know, it's really hard for me to work. The, like I said, the, the money's dog shit. I don't know how you do it. But um, <laughs> but uh, now I'm kind of hooked up with this, like, side gig where I get to bring my cart and do backstage catering for, like, after show food. So, like, I just got to do fish. And I kind of got hooked up through you guys, like, a bunch of different people. But, like, um, that's a great feeling. Like, just being able to, you know, show my product. And, like, the fish guys were really into it because, you know, they're they're weird. And they, like, <laughs> they, they like and the, you know, it's a, they dig a... Stoner Sri Lankan food. Um, uh, and you said you rarely get to see the shows, or how, when does that happen? I mean, at this point, I kind of just don't make it over there. You know, I let the employees kind of run and have their fun. I, I'll run over there for a minute or two. It's, but... it's crazy because it's just a couple doors away. It is. And like, but you're just, when you're working breakfast, you're you're putting out breakfast, but you're thinking about lunch. You're you're putting out lunch, you're thinking about dinner. You're putting out dinner, you're thinking about breakfast the next day. Like, it never, you can't, you can't get a free moment. Um, and and uh, it's it's a grind, and um, I'm so I commend you for what you do. I uh, I want to talk about the Muse show last night. I want to be very very careful about this because like <laughs> I I went back and forth and if I should, and I need I need I want your guys um opinions and tell me if I'm being a dick or if I'm being a gatekeeper. Um, so so let me tie it this way. This whole podcast started because of a little issue I got into with um uh, Expedia, uh, where uh I got because. I got sick of serving Expedia and having people bitch about my pricing and um, and and I posted something on Instagram and it kind of snowballed and then I got on the cover of uh, Seattle Times on Sunday and and I and the, you know I kind of got mixed mixed reviews. Some people were like that's awesome you did that, like way to go. Some people were like you just kind of sound like an asshole and you sound like you're complaining. Um, you know, there was some uh, uh, you know, a little bit of sh- like um, friendly fire where um, my buddy John Amato, who runs uh, SeattleStreetFood.com or SeattleFoodTruck.com, me and him used to be like be best friends, and and because of that thing, we actually kind of stopped being friends because he ran the Expedia food trucks, and um, you know he kind of didn't like the fact I did that and stuff like that. And so like after everything happened, I was like, okay, was that the right thing to do? And and um, uh, when Buck Shiner was here from um, uh, Tummy Yummy Truck. Um, he told me that his friend that worked at Expedia, who's high up, saw that and was like, hey, like maybe I should have a class on like how to like act as someone that makes as much money as you do and like um, you know, how to treat local businesses and and um you know that kind of stuff. And so I was like, okay, that's fucking awesome. Like, and I think that's ultimately what I want. So like when I go into this tirade about what I'm gonna go into, I'm not I'm coming from a place of love and I just hope that um, you know, uh God, I might take this whole thing out. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where we end. But I, my issue with the show last night was the the sound, the stage, the everything was incredible. Muse is a fantastic live band. However, I felt the people that could afford the uh, floor seats, or at least the resale, I was able to get. I got tickets right when they went on sale, but I feel like the resale tickets were like three, four hundred bucks a, a pop. And the people that could afford that probably work in the tech sector. Um, and it was. The show just reminded me of being in like South Lake Union, and and I say that in the sense of like when I do hot sauce deliveries in South Lake Union, 
it's just a different vibe. Like I feel like I'll be holding like five cases of hot sauce and someone like won't open open you know, hold the door open for you. I'm yeah. like and I don't know what the word is. Like I don't want to say inconsiderate. I just think everyone's like kind of in their own world. And and um last night at the show, and you can vouch for this, like you know, in, in Climate Pleasure is a big, like, always a big, like, lighted up sign of, like, the show going on. And yep. There's people taking pictures. So, like, um, and you know me. I'm an extrovert. I love talking to people. I love, like, um, you know, hanging out with people. And, and there's some people in front of the thing, like, trying to take a selfie. I was like, oh, like, can I take a picture for you? So they, they're like, oh, we'd love that. I take a picture for them. At every EDM show, what happens in those scenarios when these these great, like, display things and someone takes a picture um, of you? Usually the person goes, hey, hey. can I get a picture for yeah. you guys? Yeah. And um, and <laughs> I guess you don't know it's, this. Uh, but, but like in the EDM world, there's always these great, beautiful like things you can take pictures of. And like there will be a line. And like one person goes, hey, let me take a picture of your crew. And then like the person hands the phone behind him. And like it's a very like easy. And like the guy's like, we, I was with a group of you know friends. And it's just so funny. Like I was like, cool, here you go. And I was kind of waiting for him to go, oh, like can I do the, the fate? And he's like, cool, thanks, bye. And then... And it just kind of snowballed from there. Like, you know, there's a guy literally standing with his feet, like, I don't know, six feet apart, like holding spots for people. Like, it was just weird. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a couple of doors not being held open. Um, but, and then it kind of just came to Sounds a Sounds like going to the show as a woman. It, uh, that, that, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Um, I feel, yeah, I'm probably gonna take this out, but but, um, but here, okay. Let me let me finish it this way uh, to tie it back to everything. There's this wonderful hot dog uh, vendor. I wish I can. Do you know who the hot dog vendor outside Climate Pledge is? She's at older. She's always at the Paramount and and um, all the shows. Show not Showbox, but um, a lot of the vendor like uh, more and stuff like that. She's fantastic. I don't know her name, but I always get a dog from her. And sure enough, like we're lined up, and and guess what? People are bitching about. Ten dollars for a hot dog, oh God, and all I can God. think about is like, oh bro, God. you just spent three hundred fucking dollars on no. tickets to see this. Um, that went to a scalper. Eighteen dollars a beer. Fucking eighteen dollars a beer. <laughs> this poor lady, you know, has to like buy the cart, have the permit, like set up, get there X Y Z hours ahead, be ready to serve only, only for like twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and try to make your money. You know, it's a full day of work for twenty minutes. And, <laughs> Supply uh, and demand. Call- Charge twenty bucks. I call would, it a day. Fucking yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Stand outside. Uh, I, I, it's rainy. Yeah. It's cold. Like, I mean, just raise those prices. So um, yeah, I guess um, I'm not. I'm not because they're going to bitch no matter what it is. That's, that's the thing. True, yes. They would bitch know. if it's five dollars. You know what just, I mean? Just um, for the sake of bitching. So, so I guess to tie it down, um, just be considerate to our friends. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, hey, I did have a fun time. Um, Dante, whenever I get, do you guys know Dante? Yes. Okay. Everyone knows Dante. Yes. Um, Dante's Inferno. He was on the show. He talked about his boat, and uh, we got to. I got to take it out for my daughter's birthday, for her ninth birthday, and um, awesome. I cannot recommend it enough. If you're looking for experience with like four to five people, um, and you want to do something awesome, go out on Lake Union. We pulled over, stopped at Ivar's, and like had lunch. And like, I've, this is new to me. Like this boat life. Um, it's are you have are you have you ever been on a boat and like kind of pulled off and went to a restaurant and jumped out? Yeah, like, like I'm all about boat life. Like I hate living on the land. <laughs> I literally wish I had just a boat like parked. On the Chicago River. What is your um, <laughs> what is your favorite restaurant to go to off a boat? Um, uh, it doesn't stop there right now, but I always love Ray's Boathouse. Like oh, yeah. you know, you the boats go out past there wherever you stop. Like I, I it, it was during the day, but I want to go westward because you can do that. Oh like, yeah, like, I haven't like, been there. So love to do that. To call in and dock, go yeah. get lunch, and get, I don't know. That's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's put it on the calendar. Dante, let's go. <laughs> Dante, <laughs> is he doing What's your tours numbers? now? 
Yeah, that's what oh. he does. Yeah, I didn't he, know that. He's he's such a hustler. He's yeah. I mean, all of street food people are. Um, but he also has a venue. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's my dream side hustle: a little tour boat, five people on it. Uh, <laughs> Fun. <laughs> I'm gonna pause. All right, Mackenzie. So when when uh, when when we invited you on, I was like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And one thing you brought up was cancel culture, and you kind of brought up vegan cancel culture. Um, we kind of touched about earlier, like you know, there's, you know, the other day we had um, Connor from Find Me in Seattle and and Evan from Off Alley, and and it was kind of talking about. Uh, influencer culture and what we what we kind of figured out by the end of it was like there's assholes everywhere um you know there's asshole Indeed. influencers there's asshole chefs and just like anything there's asshole vegans there's um, assholes in the vegan community all over they're they're in seattle they're in portland they're in chicago they're in new york there are people who are in the vegan community that make it their mission in life to control the world via their laptop. They don't work in restaurants. They don't know anything going on behind the scenes. They think they know things. And they're willing to just jump on this cancel culture that literally has destroyed most of the all vegan businesses so that what, I know. what are they canceling for? Is it because they don't think your product's 100% vegan? Is it, what, what, are, what, is, what is the things that they're, like, I guess you're, if it sounds like they're tearing each other apart. Like vegans are kind of like going after each other. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like the crab pot theory. It's like, you know, especially as a vegan of 16 years that I am and a person who goes to slaughterhouses to pay tribute to these animals that are going to be um, killed, I think that it's counterintuitive for the vegans to be going after vegan businesses. So what, I feel what, it's what, like, what it's specific like they think, are they going after? Um, You know, a lot of people want to talk about Let's say bad service, for sure, example. Sure. Let's talk about, I won't name any places here, but there there was a really awesome bar in Ballard. Actually, I will say it. It's called The Shelter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they had gone to an all-plant-based menu early pandemic. Yep. They were one of the only places that had open air. Yep. You could you could sit in there, like, early pandemic. Yep. Their menu was fucking killer. Um, but, you know. I, I've been going to shelter what, long before it was the vegan place, and I always had bed service there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so it was, I mean, it's bar service, right? Yeah, yeah, like, it's yeah. casual. You're not looking for five-star dining, right. you know. And two prominent people in the vegan community here decided to go after them and say that they were, they had bad service there. It was mm -hmm. the, one of the first sunny Friday nights of this, the spring of 2021, 20, whatever. It, it was right when things were opening up. Sure. Um, where they had six feet dif distance between tables. Like, yeah. you got to feel for the people who are operating a restaurant like this, right? Like, kindness is key. And you know how staffing was early pandemic, and yeah. people were people were sick, and people ha had to call out. So, you know, I remember that the bartender that was on that night, she was literally the only bartender in the whole place. Right. And it was busy, and it was, you know, new systems in place trying to serve a restaurant during pan early pandemic days. And these two people prominent in the uh, vegan community basically went on this full ca cancel uh, culture campaign against the shelter. Because of because, the bad service? Because of the bad service, because they say that They're they like, were gay shamed and fat shamed. Got it, got it, got it, got it. And took it upon themselves. And I, I, I know who they are because they fucked with my business in the yeah. past. And it was always like you had to kind of be on their good side because they'll fuck you up online see it's funny because i almost like until like, you get to that it's part, bullying it's like fearful yeah. you know uh, oh that's stuff. what i'm thinking of, oh, um uh, <laughs> uh 
<laughs> Not cool. <laughs> yeah, so, but, I mean, for a second there, I was going to say, like, well, it sounds like anything. Like, any time where, like, you know, a Yelp reviews a restaurant, they don't understand that everything that goes into it. It sounds special in the vegan community because, like, you got a lot going up against you. And, like, I feel like um, people like me, they're assholes to vegans. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, so. so. But I, you didn't have, a, like, you, like, the shelter. Did you go to the shelter when it was vegan? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, but I, they did a really great job. I yeah. thought they went very, very awesomely from, like, a bar, nightclub into this. They did a great transition, and say, then these two people yeah. fucking took them down and yeah. took that restaurant down Would based you say on it's how a they fair were. Assessment to tell vegans like, hey, let's cut each other some slack because like we're up against a lot more, and or is that a fair thing to say? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how about how about you pick your lazy ass up and go <laughs> fight the big fight, which yeah. is animal agriculture, mm-hmm. and volunteer, get involved, you know. Right. Don't sit from your laptop canceling vegan businesses. That's ridiculous. It's so hard to be a small business in Seattle. Yep. You get no help from the city, no yep. help from anybody. You're constantly getting broken into. You've got all these things going against you. It's like you wonder why there's no vegan restaurants here. Yeah, well, I, I saw mean, all this coming. Like I saw yeah. because I saw how aggressive they were early pandemic, you know. Yeah. I got hassled real badly online um, about no bounds from somebody who came in and it was a whole ordeal, but it like broke my heart. But to what, have... is, is it always just um, like is it most in the Yelp review kind of thing that that these is well, that their beef or is there like specific like well, vegan? There, there's a face. There's there's a Facebook group. Yeah, each city it. has them. They yeah. each have these vegan city Seattle groups. You know, yeah. as a business, you wanna you wanna. Th- there is a lot of good information there, but yeah. the problem is the bad information puts like a terrible taste in your mouth. And I'm I'm off. I'm done yeah, yeah, yeah. because I can't be. I literally can't have that negativity in my brain because all it does is pull me down and pull my mission I mean, down. I, yeah. It makes me mad, and I like hate them. I think, I think it's I, like yeah. I think I think. Why um, don't you just shut up? It's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's. It's similar to like I, I think I, I brought up in an early episode where it's a, there's a Seattle restaurant or there's something on, on face I don't use Facebook that much but there's like a, a Seattle foodies Seattle yeah. foodies and it's the same thing where ninety five percent of it's like hey here's a new great restaurant blah, blah, blah but there's the like that five percent that's like complaining about pricing blah, 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 that make like it it I have our time with it like when I see it on Reddit Seattle and someone like I go down that rabbit hole of getting super angry it sounds like you do too um, it sounds like we need to work on this problem and try to figure, <laughs> out, figure out how to like well, I just think, enjoy I mean, the 95% of people and say fuck the 5% I mean I think that that's you have to work on that I think it's a full time job because it's you know it's very hard when you're operating at that kind of level of you know food food costs cooking staffing time uh, weather you know all the things that are against you it's like you know you just need people to be on your side but I will defend because I've I followed you on that <laughs> Facebook group because yeah. oh, you were kind of having your spiel yeah, yeah. about that when I was kind of dealing with a vegan group yeah. kind of yeah, 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 simultaneously yeah. on two different pages. And I got to say, you I mean, you nailed it and you spoke up on behalf of everybody who didn't have the balls to say Thank anything. Yeah, and, and I feel like it, it did do some change because people were like, oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, just to, if you didn't see, I just kind of was like, I, I just laid it out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, shut the fuck. I didn't say it that way. I was like, hey, I'm starting a business. Here's my fucking cost. And like, here's how much I really make. And like, so when you say that, Something's too expensive. You're saying I'm not worth it, and it's rough. Um, I do want to transition. Uh, you kind of mentioned being a women a women business owner. Do you guys want to talk about that? Like any anything that's amazing about being a woman run business, or anything uh, any struggles? Um, Kara, I'll let you go. You know, if so you far, don't, then you can tell a funny story from the music industry. <laughs> <laughs> so far, not really. You know, I I feel like there is a lot of pressure uh, to succeed um, from. You know, the people that kind of invested in me a lot more being a female. Uh, But other than that, I feel like, you know, I kick ass at what I do and I don't really expect to have 
interesting issues. I, I, I would like to believe the music industry has changed a little bit. Um, I've seen it with the people up top where I'm seeing a lot more women. Um, back in the day when I toured, I feel like it was definitely a boys club. Yep. Um, I felt really bad for women on tour. Um, just getting hit on all the time alone, but so um, far all the women that I've dealt with, with the, with what I've got going at the gorge so far, I mean, everyone's a woman. Yeah. That's awesome. As, it's great. So, um, Diane, any, any comments about, uh, well, uh, I would say, I mean, I love having my own business. Um, I've love having a mostly all female staff. That's amazing. Um, and it's just a different dynamic when you add uh, the opposite sex into the mix of things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we do have men, but it's different, especially when you're dealing with uh, people who it's their first time having a job. And so there's a drastic difference between like teenage, like 18 year old uh, girls and 18 year old boys. So, oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, you know, I've gotten feedback like, why? Anyway, I probably won't go down that road. Like, <laughs> you hired a teenage boy again this summer. You told me you weren't going to hire a teenage boy again this summer. I'm like, oh, well, well you know, <laughs> you can't just not hire, you know, like, I, guess, I, I mean, it's I'm it's not rough. being yeah. discriminatory, yeah, no, yeah. but it's just, it's just totally <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. We so, got a lawyer um, to look over this for me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we probably won't air it. We probably won't get that part. So anyway, I was, you it's know what's funny? the safest bet. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the heat off you. There was a restaurant called Viges. It was in South Lake Union. They started in Vancouver. Do you know Viges? It's an Indian restaurant, very famous oh, in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I do now too. Huge, Absolutely. huge wait. Um, and so when they moved to Seattle, it was really exciting. I think they opened in South Lake Union, and this is I couldn't even tell you maybe ten years ago. And I remember I applied, and I think I've seen like like um, like uh, videos on them on like Food Network or stuff like that, and I knew this about them, but I it was so blatant. But they go, "Oh, we don't hire men chefs. We only hire like Indian aunties." And the email was like, "Do you have any Indian auntie relatives in town?" <laughs> and they said like, "We will train them, but that's all we hire." And I can't like I wonder if I still have that email, but like. I'm like, this is so bizarre. And how you not? I mean, they shut down. Maybe they, maybe they did get sued for uh, discriminatory practices. But like, it is, it does bring up an interesting point where it's like, this is a great scenario where it's like, you do have a bunch of 18 year old uh, women. You don't want to discriminate uh, discriminate against like an 18 year old boy, but that does put you in a weird situation. Um, you know, uh, like maybe as a vegan, like maybe you have to choose who you hire. Like I remember I worked at a vegan restaurant. I'm in California called native foods. And I remember I always, always thought it was weird. Like I'd bring my knives from my first restaurant to my second restaurant. Is that why they're out of business now? Is, are they? <laughs> but I remember they just like never cared that I was like, I have meat over my knife. But like, <laughs> my, you know, um, and, and then with, with tour catering, um, you need to be a very specific person. People get fired day of all the time. Cause they cannot hack it. Um, and it's, it's tough. Cause like, I'm sure from the outside where it's like, well, you can't, just like, you know, it's it's real easy to get sued. We're seeing that with a lot of our friends' restaurants. Um, it's so hard being an owner. When I owned a place, I got I got threatened all the time, like for different stupid shit. And um, and it's you know, with with the tour catering, it's like you got to be able to work crazy hours, like and um, 
and yeah, so uh, I don't know how how is it hiring people for that kind of job? You know, so far it's been pretty good. I'm I'm lucky enough to have made good contacts yeah. within the last couple of years. I've been doing it, and people are kind of in transition in their lives right now, which yeah. is working out for me. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna take advantage of that. I, I will, feel so like. <laughs> like if you are a cook and you're listening and you want something to try something completely different and live a very rock star life, but that is very very hard. Um, uh, hit up Kara because yes. um, you're probably always hiring because you're going to keep on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's the goal. Um, Diane, as um, have, do you have any funny stories or like if you're hiring younger people, are they driving your trucks? Yes, and we, um, we have both. Yes, and and have you ever had someone crash your truck or um? Oh God, no! <laughs> please don't say that. Please don't say that. That is my worst fear. So when we're tra- it's <sighs> scary to, I I mean I like feel for those people that do uh teach people how to drive yeah. uh what do they call when you're 16 or whatever like, like first time drivers yeah, yeah, like yeah, driving school driving yeah, yeah. school i'm like oh my gosh i would literally be pulling my hair out yeah. doing that but it's <laughs> i mean teaching people how to drive a food truck is a little bit scary because it's like it's the business it's like, the business yeah. you have to like be careful so it's just like drive slow you, you got don't tail you yep. have to like slow down like four cars back yep. um so that's kind of a freaky thing. It's, like, oh. It is. Like, when I was the owner, I had multiple things going out. That's all I could think about. Like, I always want them to check yeah. in when they got back to the kitchen. Because, like, oh, I was thinking about, like, if I crash, if this truck flips over, burns up, like, I got a wedding tomorrow. Like, right. you know, there's a lot of stuff. Like that. Right. I remember right. the worst thing right. that happened. Um, I guess I can talk about this now. Um, uh, I I had someone, uh, when I owned Brent Circuses, they... I had drivers, but for some reason, this person that didn't have a license decided to like take the truck and pull around the back. Um, and in that time, uh, right when Teslas came out, just uh, like can opened uh, a Tesla with the oh truck somehow. And I remember I was in the middle of an interview or something like that, and my buddy Scott Casper, it was his friend, my this uh, the head, uh, the, oh, I think it's like one of the main dudes at Seattle Cider now. Um, but he was like just production then. Um, he comes over, he's like, I know you're doing something, but I gotta talk to you, and and. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I uh, yeah, it was gnarly. So a guy that couldn't, didn't have a license and we didn't have insured, uh, destroyed this Tesla. And it was a whole fucking oh, thing. Oh my gosh. Uh, right so, so next yeah. time you're wondering why a burger is uh, 17 bucks, <laughs> bucks is because um, we have to, we have to find people to do this stuff. And often right. they make very expensive mistakes. Um, we brought that up uh, this week with Evan where we talked about like yelling at staff and like how to treat them. And like, there's always this thing. I'd love to hear your comments about this, but like there's this line between like, um, treating staff, uh, you know, too softly, where they constantly fuck up and cost you money, and then there's the other thing where like the old uh, chef days of like streaming and yelling and making people feel like shit. Um, you know, how do you guys find a midpoint in that where where you know you you train your staff to you know to 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 tell them like, hey, like if you fuck up, you're costing me tons of money, but I want to be your friend too. I don't uh, think you can say that to them. <laughs> what that you cost them tons of money? Yeah, I don't think you, you should want, say that why? to any employee. Why would you never say that to an employee? They don't see it. They, it, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's too. Would. I mean, like you, they, yeah, they, you they would. To, <laughs> I don't think to. I would. I don't know. I'm. If someone costs you two thousand dollars in like this out of your pocket, you want to explain to them why they shouldn't do that again. I mean, it happens all the time, right? Like people treat a piece of equipment the wrong way and it goes down, you know. But you can't, because it all kind of goes back to like, oh well, maybe they weren't shown the right way, you know. Right, right. So I don't know. It's hard to. Diane, would you, if someone uh, cost you a bunch of money, would you let them know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. But I wouldn't, I'm, I mean, I definitely do not like confrontation, right? And it's really <laughs> hard to deal with. Um, and so I've gotten a little bit better over the years of uh, being, you know, 
letting, especially when it's not a good fit. So yeah. when it's not a good fit, it's that's a really hard conversation. And so I've gotten a little bit better at that. I was just thinking about that today. I'm like, you know, I think we've only had like probably about three people in our kitchen that haven't been a good fit. Right. Of course, out of, out of your whole yeah, out of career. my whole yeah. career. Yeah. So um, and we you know so let lucky. them go. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> yeah, I've I've hired really well. Um, and yeah, we definitely do let them. I do definitely let them know, but I'm just like, hey, whatever the situation is. But right. I wouldn't be like, God damn it. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I swear, but yeah. I don't like, I don't swear in front of my employees. Kara, you're in a um, much, uh, much higher stressful situation yes. where um, <laughs> you have like unions on your ass. If you do not have hot food at 12 on the dot, we are you fined. get fined. Yes. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, you know, and it does. And, it, and not only are we just working together, we're living together. Yep, yep. It's like a, like real world situation. Bad. Yeah. yeah, like it. it, it kind we of need becomes, a reality show. It's it's not. I haven't said that for years. <laughs> like I, I, I said, get on that. I think I think like Kara, we got to do a reality show this summer. <laughs> we got to do a reality show. Just <laughs> like the, the finale me, could be that day where you finally fire me for. <laughs> <laughs> Let me gather myself. Uh, honestly, I do have this one person who I've worked with for many years. I hired him on in McMinimins back in the day, and he's kind of been my little. Uh, sidekick, but also he takes a lot of grunt from me. Yeah. You know, um, he he fucks Give up a, a lot. Out. Honestly, Jeremiah, he's a great guy. <laughs> he but he he's consistent and and consistently can fuck up every once in a while. But he's always there. He's always on time, and I appreciate him. You know, he is that person that I can kind of snap off at, yeah, yeah. and then so I don't snap off on everybody else. And sure. he'll I mean, take it, it. it. It's family. It <laughs> yeah. is. I think you know we we talk a lot about like how kitchen culture can't be um, you know uh, carbon copied into like a HR thing where it's like, you can't take breaks. Just yeah. every, you know, like Evan said from off alley, it's like every restaurant runs in some kind of legal way. Like, and, and for you, I'm not trying to blow your shit up, <laughs> but like you need a family. You yeah. need people that care about the product that, that want to live that lifestyle. Cause if you are expecting to go work eight hours and get your, you know, a break every four hours, it's just, it's not going to happen. I mean, here's the deal. I, you know, I got so much product out there. If some, if one of my chefs fucks some shit up, yeah. I have to send somebody an hour out to Wenatchee and then an hour back yeah. and we're missing lunch or something. They gotta know. Like, and, and you know, it's, it's not just cooking. It's being that person who's making sure everybody is in line consistently because you just can't trust. And the thing honestly. is, if you fuck up, it's not like you are you can comp the meal at a restaurant. It is no. Dave Matthews didn't get his mashed potatoes and he's pissed. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, there's nothing to replace it with except yeah. three pieces of garlic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know I've been that position out there where I'm like, we are going to run out of food and, and we just, like, we get, I feel like it's always a gamble. Because here's, like, I'll give you an example. For fish, um, they order for 70 because they have to cover their ass. Like if every single person working wants to eat, they have to be able to eat. But I only serve about 30 people. Yeah. And that happens all the time in, in backstage catering. However, for some silly reason, the opposite happens. An hour for service, they'll go, hey, we need to add 100 people because locals um, did not get breakfast or whatever. Yep. How do you How do you prepare for that? You know, you typically have something on the back burner, you know, not figuratively or not literally but figuratively you know sometimes a lasagna in the freezer or something you've, you you yeah. gotta you gotta have backups definitely yeah. um i'll over order a little bit at the beginning of the week you know it's just so we can pull meals together at the end of the week for loadout um obviously we want show days to be amazing but you know 
we definitely put try to put out most of the food during the show days, but we got to have meals at the end of the week. So we just order, you know, as much as we can to hopefully not over order. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're also available for catering. Yes. Cool. Yes. Um, where can we find you? Uh, crescendocatering.com. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, I'm just, I, I admire everything you do. Um, yeah, like we didn't mention that, but you worked at McMinimins for 10 years. I did. Then we worked together as, uh, at Black Caviar. And then in this short time, you're now the head of your own company. And I'm so proud of you. And Thank I fucking, I, I, I remember when we worked together, like I, I was like, something special about this girl. <laughs> and I fucking love you. And, and I can't wait to do this dinner with you on the second. Uh, Diane, uh, anything you want to push before we get out of here? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, summer's coming up, spring. We're still available for lots of catering. We make our own ice cream from scratch, so that's a little bit different than all the other ice cream shops. Ours is a French-style custard, so it's milk, cream, egg yolks, uh, sugar, and a splash of cornstarch, and we use no fillers, no gums, no nothing in any of our product. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah, excited about uh, the summer and it warming up where, as we're all sitting on, in our down coats <laughs> in April. Where, where are we going to find um, your cart this summer? Uh, well, we're going to have our cart at Mercer Island, but okay. our truck, lots of catering, um, and we are going to be doing a couple of Mary Moore Park concerts, cool. which we love. Yes, love, I just love, got, we, love we just Mary got Moore. some of the dates. Yeah, um, they, so. They're running a little bit late this year for some reason, but like yeah. they're starting to announce shows, and yes. I'm going to be doing X and um, Save Ferris, which will be fun, and then uh, uh, what's the other, the Prague Rock one, um, I forgot, uh, Dream Theater. Uh, oh, cool. So that, that'll be fun, and, and um, uh, man, Mary Moore's just, I've been doing it for like 10 years. Yeah, I get to scratch that itch of like time, music, and food, and and um, there's always some great shows out there. So yes. check out the, they're re- still releasing dates uh, uh, shows now. So check out that lineup. Mackenzie, what do you want to say before you get out of here? Hit me up for Cauliflower. Because you, bou- you bounce around. I don't know if you touched base on that. Oh, yeah, you, we bounce around. I yeah. fly. So all summer, well, basically for the last year, uh, I've been flying out here every other week to do my deliveries uh, to my customers. So I live in Chicago full time, but I have a crash pad in town. Um, you know, I do all my production in Seattle, so I'm just kind of here half the time and it's great. I best of both worlds in my opinion, because Chicago and Seattle are two pretty rad cities and so you can hit me up on no bones. You're not getting, I'm not I'm not cutting you off. Okay, <laughs> okay sorry, I was rambling. Wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh our website's nobonesbeachclub.com. Uh we're also on Instagram at nobonesbeachclub, my personal Instagram, uh no bones Mackenzie, and yeah. I'd love to get you guys some cauliflower. Yeah, this has been an um, amazing, amazing show. A uh, real real quick shout-out to my good friend Elliot. Elliot, thanks for hanging out with us today. Elliot is uh, Kara's partner who um, works with us, too. And, um, um, yeah, thanks for hanging out, and and you look beautiful. All right, guys, we will, uh, we'll see you next time on the podcast. We love you very much. That's it for Ladies' Night. Good night. Woo-hoo. Thank you. <laughs>